This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. It's the Joshua Morales Podcast. Probably the best podcast in the universe. It's the Joshua Morales Cool. So uh, welcome to the podcast. I got David on here. And uh, I think one of the things that the Rio Grande Valley thinks is that nobody from here can become an author or nobody can do stuff if you don't leave the Rio Grande Valley. But you're a true testament to this, that you can achieve these things. You can do the stuff here. And you got all of this done right here in the Rio Grande Valley. Right right? here. So, David, tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do and how you came up with the idea for this, because this is pretty cool. We were talking (laughs) off we're talking off camera and uh, you were explaining to me a little bit about it, but it's pretty cool. It's a great idea. So tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Yeah. So my name is David Nork. I'm from McAllen and, um, you know, uh, diabetes, obesity, it's huge here in the valley. Uh, In fact, McAllen for, I guess, I don't want to call it a distinction, but back to back years now, the city of McAllen and actually you have to throw in the city of Mission and Edinburgh because the the website points that out back to back uh, the fattest city in the United States of America. Yep. Uh, Not a not a very good distinction to have, but it is what it is. And so in 2013, I lost a, a brother to diabetes. 2014, I lost a sister to diabetes. I have another sister who's gone uh, legally blind, wow. who's um, had a, an amputation already on her foot. I have my, my mom's actually in the hospital right now with uh, with a kidney failure and she's undergoing dialysis. And so diabetes has been, you know, just prevalent in, in my family's life, but also here in the RGV. And so um, after my sister passed away from diabetes, I had I made a simple prayer and uh, the Lord answered and uh it was an idea to write this book called The Adventures of Exo and Psy, which is a play on the word exercise. Um, Exo and Psy, they live in a town of OB City, which stands for obesity. And the mayor is Diane Beatties or Diabetes. And the first villain, his name is Chip and his dog Nacho. They represent potato chips. And um, they're trying to steal, in this book, they're trying to steal everybody's healthy snacks and get them to eat potato chips. And like, And I think the really cool part about the book is that you by reading it, there's actual exercises that uh, are in the book, so you get an actual workout by reading the book. So it's very interactive. Yeah, I was seeing that on here. It's it's pretty cool. Like when you get to page page one, it has a warm up, stretch your legs, and uh, like you would exo inside for sixty seconds. That's that's pretty cool. I, I've never seen that in the book, <laughs> so I think that's a cool idea. But you were talking about diabetes, so yeah. yeah, my mom, my mom, and my whole family comes from a line of of people that are just getting sick. Mm. What do you think it is? Like, what do you think it is about the valley? Is it just that we have good food? <laughs> I, man, I, 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 the, I mean, if you look at like Mexican food, it's it's delicious. But you know, when when you're gonna refry some beans and you get a big scoop of lard and you put it on there, you know, and uh, 
tamales aren't very healthy yeah. you know uh tortillas flour tortillas are not very healthy yeah, i think a lot of it is the food and then i know for my family my mom she raised us in when you sit down to eat you're going to finish everything on your yeah, plate yeah, and yeah. uh and then afterwards you know it's like well now we got to have dessert and so so yeah it's just i think our culture if uh just by looking at the stats, it's the Hispanic culture and the African-American culture that are really hit hard by uh, by diabetes. And um, I think it's just the way we're, we're brought up. Interesting. What, what do you think we can do about that? Because, I mean, we, ju- we just went through a quarantine, the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. There was people that still stayed on track and still exercised and yeah. all that stuff. But there was also people that went into shutdown mode and they were getting depressed and yeah. they were getting lonely. And they were like, man, what do we do? Food is an alternative. I'll admit myself, I'm an emotional eater. Yeah. So I eat sometimes when I get depressed or I get stressed, but that's just what I've done. And I, I can't break that yet. Like, I don't know <laughs> why, but I'm getting busier and busier and busier. And it's easier just to stop at a McDonald's or yeah. Burger King and grab a burger right on the way out. You know, and you make a, a great point there because I just passed by Burger King right now and they had a special, I think it was like three double cheeseburgers for three bucks. So it's very inexpensive. Yeah. You know, if you have a family or I think there are some other restaurants, they, they advertise 10 nuggets for a dollar. Right. You know, if you have a family, you're going to spend a dollar, you know, on, on food that's not very healthy, but it's easy, it's cheap, and it's going to keep your kids quiet for a while, you yeah. know? And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a huge problem. What do, you, what do you think we can do to combat that? Because, I mean, it, it's easy. Like you said, it's very easy just to pick up something on the way home yeah. when they're picking up your kids or whatever, right? And it's easier just to pick up the chicken nuggets yeah. from McDonald's yeah. versus coming and cooking and cooking fresh. But then also <laughs> coming from Mexican families, we like to cook with a bunch of stuff. So oh, yeah. what do you suggest that that we do as parents? Because my my daughter's very fit. My little boy's three he can eat whatever they want. Well, they, they can eat literally <laughs> yeah. whatever they want. But and going long term, that's where the problems are going to be. That's where the problems so are. So what do you think, besides your book, what do you think we can do to kind of steer them in the right direction? Well, I think it starts with you guys as parents. Um, there's a great documentary called Fed Up, and it talks about America's problem with sugar. And it talks about how sugar, like we become addicted to sugar. Right. And so... It's very important that as as we raise our kids, we teach them um, we need to we can eat sugar, but in moderation. And there there are a lot of alternatives to a sugary drink or or other kinds of things, you know, to bread that has a lot of sugar, or pasta or pasta sauce or whatever. So it's I think we owe it to our kids as parents to. I mean, we don't have to go drastic about it, but making little changes, you know. And I think all of us have something that kind of is our Achilles heel when it comes to unhealthy eating. For me, it's sugary drinks. You know, I have a hard time, you know, I, I, if I eat something, I either want a soft drink or like a sweet tea or something, you know, that that's my thing. But other people, it might be desserts, uh, candies, cookies, whatever. Um, But it starts here at home. And I think uh, if you, if we can educate our kids, then as they grow up, you know, they hopefully, and then that's the whole point of, of writing this book is, Hopefully, as they grow up, they're not going to have, they're not going to go through these issues and that like we're, that we're going through. So well, let me ask you this, mm-hmm. because we live in a world, we live in America, which is one of the fastest growing economies ever. And it's a very fast paced lifestyle. 
and everybody wants the American dream where yeah. you're going out, you're working, you're accumulating all this stuff that you necessarily don't need. Yeah. But that's been ingrained in us. And like for myself, I'm, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur and I try to get as much done as I possibly can. And sometimes the, my family is kind of like on the wayside because I'm so focused on what mm-hmm. I'm doing. What do you think about that? Like, like how do we move away from, from I guess, thinking like that? And have a healthy family and a healthy lifestyle that we can we can all be happy, I guess. Because I one day I don't know how long I'm gonna be able to do this, like yeah. the entrepreneurship, right? Yeah. And I, hopefully, you know, I don't want to get sick, so I'm making adjustments in my life to be able to not be able to get sick in the future. But how do we marry that with the entrepreneur lifestyle or the the lifestyle of the American dream and bring it into the family where we can, I guess, coexist together? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not easy, but I think um, this being in quarantine, what it showed us is that we can do it. You know, I mean, we it's going to take probably a little bit more work, but, uh, you know, we we can bring both of those things together. And, um, you know, I've learned that the, throughout this quarantine, that cooking at home, especially, you know, it's something that I didn't know I enjoyed doing, but I really enjoy doing it. And on top of that, I can... I can, um, you know, control what, what I eat and what my daughter eats. Yeah. And, and, and then on top of that, I mean, you know, I still have bills to pay and I, I need to go out and do what I got to do. But now it's also showed me, hey, now we can go for walks. You yeah. know, we can put the, the, the phone down for a while and go do something constructive. And I think, again, what this uh, quarantine has done is shown us, it's kind of taken us back in time, you know, to yeah. a time before cell phones and all kinds of stuff. And, and it's shown us that we can grow closer as a family, even though we're busy with our work or whatever. And yes, it's going to take a little bit more time. It's going to be take a little bit more work, but it can be done. And I think the results are definitely worth the work we have to put into to achieve that. I completely agree. Uh, I noticed when the whole coronavirus hit, uh, a lot of people were outside. They were starting to walk. They were out there with their families. And it was cool. It was a cool thing to see because you don't see that here in the Valley. You see it in bigger cities. And it was kind of cool because... Over here on Second Street, you can see a ton of people just starting to exercise, wanting to get out. Yeah. Like they were already over the coronavirus. Like I need to get out of here. Yeah. What do you feel about that? Because I think we were all quarantined and we couldn't go anywhere. Our kids are stuck at home, and and a lot of people had cabin fever. They wanted to get out, and then finally restaurants opened, finally bars are opening, places are opening up again where you can go out. How do you feel? we're going to do as a society because i think now i think the most recent statistics was the coronavirus had a spike mm-hmm. so how do you think we're going to deal with the coronavirus going forward now that we're already that, that the restaurants and and stores are open now well i think we have to kind of admit that things things are not going to get back to normal as much as we want i mean and i guess what is our definition of normal? Right. And do we want to go back to that normal? You know, I think I've learned, I don't want to go back to to the normal that, that uh, we had before, you know? I want um, going forward to be more positive and to be more constructive with what I do and what we all do. And, you know, I think, like, you, you're absolutely right, you know, with all these restaurants, bars, and gyms, everything opening, people, and, and I've seen, you know, just, just traveling around, going to stores, there's a sense that, kind of people are putting it putting all this by the wayside yeah but it's still here right and so we we can't we can't um i guess we we can't uh, give in to to admitting hey everything's back to normal we can't do that we have to take what we've learned during these last uh what is it, 11 12 weeks yeah. 
and implement them in our daily lives. And if we do that, you know, we can coexist with this with this pandemic and we can be better people. So I think yeah. I think people just got over it. They're like, you know what? I have to get out. I have to yeah. go do something. That, and I know I noticed that because I work with a lot of restaurants and a lot of different industries. Right. And I noticed that when I was out, like people were just over it. Like they wanted to yeah. get out. They wanted to have a good time and they just wanted life to get back to normal. But I mean, that's really not the case, but I get it. Like I yeah. understand like people need to get out. They need to be doing something because staying home, it, it will drive you crazy. <laughs> yeah. <it will. laughs> and now everything. So we had the coronavirus. Then we had these murder hornets <laughs> <laughs> and now we have riots. I mean, and then also we're supposed to be getting a hurricane. Yeah. It seems like nothing is going right for, <laughs> for everybody. What do you, what do you feel about, and I don't know if this, if you want to even touch on this, but I, I feel like uh, I get a lot of complaints sometimes that why I'm not using my platform to talk about subjects, uh-huh. certain subjects. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to ease into it a little bit more. Yeah. But what do you think about the riots that's going on with George Floyd? Man, I think it's a it's a big wake up call, and um, I think it's a problem that has always been there, and we tend to kind of sweep it under the rug. It's a very interesting thing though because I've never gone through this in my life. Like it didn't uh, those Rodney Kings. Well, from what I understand, I was too young to go through it. It didn't affect me. Yeah, the way this is going on. Yeah, like I'm seeing everything just negative, negative, negative. Mm-hmm. Coronavirus was just negative, negative, negative. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it stops. Yeah. And then I, now that I'm older, I have a lot of uh, police officer friends, a lot of DPS friends, a lot of people that my friends that are troopers, and everybody's going after them. Like it's their their fault. Everybody's putting police into one bucket that they're bad. Yeah. But they people don't understand that we're protesting against police brutality. Yes. Not police. Yeah. Exactly. That's that's the the part that people don't understand, and it's a very hard subject to talk about because. Either you're on one side or the other. And, and if you don't talk about it, then you get bashered. If you yes, talk about it, you get yes. bashered. So it's like, what do you do, man? Well, and, and you know, going back to the Rodney King thing, you know, that was 92. Yeah. And we thought that, again, it involved police brutality. And we thought, okay, you know, there were riots and there's, there's going to be change. And here we are, what, 30 years later, almost 30 years later. And we're going through the same, same thing, thing again. So whatever, I guess... People thought they were going to do based on those riots to make a change. It really, it was kind of like a band-aid, you know, but, but the problem wasn't fixed. And you can even go back further. I know Cine del Rey put out on, on their Facebook page, it was a wonderful documentary about here in McAllen, how there was, and then there's the actual videotape of police brutality towards Hispanics. Interesting. And uh, it was a great little documentary. And this was back, I think, in the late 70s. Wow. And so, you know, this is a problem that's, that's been here for a while. And, 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 you know, I mean, hopefully through whatever is being done right now, there's going to be some, some actual change going on. Yeah. It, it's just a very interesting time. And I, I say that in every single podcast because it really is yeah. a very interesting time that we're living through. And I don't think anything could have prepared us for this. And I think when the generation gets a little bit older and now the younger generation is coming up, now we're experiencing the same problems that they went through, but yeah. I mean, it's it's just a very interesting time. It is. It's interesting is a is a great word for that. <laughs> yeah, but recently I just had a buddy that that it's a DPS kind of lives close to me, um, and he actually went up to Houston just to help patrol. Mm-hmm. And, and it's it's a very interesting thing that's going on because right now where they're trying to control the riots, innocent people are getting hurt. Yeah, and and I would had this uh, conversation on my last podcast that 
the people that are riding, they're blocking off like the expressways. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it's still going on, but I mean, imagine me taking my family up to like Austin and on the expressway, there's a whole mob of people yeah. and they start pulling people out mm-hmm. and it's me or my family. They're just yeah. trying to get to it's It's a very scary thing. Yeah. And on top of that, I mean, and you mentioned family number one, how is your family going to, um, because they're going to look at you, yeah, you know, because you're the leader of the family, you know? And so how are you going to respond to that? I mean, what are they going to see? And then, um, you know, like, let's say like with your daughter, she's, how is dad going to respond to that? Right. And, and then also, you know, you don't want, obviously you don't want your, your daughter to see all the ugliness that's going on. Yeah. So yeah, it, I mean, it puts a lot of pressure on, on the head of the household and how do we respond? Yeah. Because I think right now, um, being a leader is very important and it's out in the forefront and what does a leader look like, whether it's in the house, in the business or of a country, what, what does a good leader look like? And, yeah. you know, I think we can all look at ourselves in the mirror and say, you know what, maybe we haven't been doing such a great job. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. It's just a very weird time, like to navigate as a parent, as a human being. Yeah. And especially the people that are living in the cities that are going through. It's like I have family members in, in Minneapolis that are oh, going wow. through like two blocks down. That's crazy. That's, yeah. that's insane. And, and the great thing about the Internet, it's shrunk the world. Mm-hmm. And now you can contact anybody at a moment's notice, like through yeah. Messenger. We've never met before. We met through Facebook. Through Facebook. And yeah, we right. had a conversation through Messenger. That's right. That's the great thing about. That's the one thing that I love about the Internet is that you can develop these relationships and have people like you on my podcast that yeah. that are, are doing good things. Like this is this is good. This is positive. This is what I like. This is what I like to spread. And the amount of misinformation and the amount of information that's out there, it's kind of hard to find credible sources. Yeah. So it's just like, where do you go to look for that? And that's why I really commend you for doing something that's positive, giving back to our students that. Thank and you. the kids, because yeah. it's, it's very important. So let's talk about your entrepreneurship, because <laughs> we were talking <laughs> yeah. about this and, and you were you're going out pitching these. You're selling these at schools, right? Yes. And the whole thing, the whole coronavirus hit and it just shut you down. Yeah. What did you do during that time? Um, for the first week, cried. <laughs> no. Um, you know, it, it just because I thought everything was going and everything was on the up and up. You know, I was selling out books and stuff like that and uh, going out and visiting schools. And so it forced me to take a step back and say, okay, what can I do? One of the cool things that I was able to do during this is I, I had always wanted to record myself reading the book. Okay. And But on top of that, because the this book does have exercises in there, record the exercises as I'm reading the book. Awesome. So I was able to find an um, awesome lady, uh, Candace Fox. Uh, she owns Fit Science LLC okay, here yeah, in McAllen. Okay, I know she is. Mm-hmm. And she came on board and she was able to do the exercises as we read the book. So now That's I was awesome. like, yeah, so now I've, I put out, it's on YouTube. Uh, it's like about 27 minutes total time okay. of reading the book and then doing the exercises. So, and I, I was just thinking, I was thinking, you know, we can make <laughs> a guy with a chainsaw in downtown McAllen go viral. Yeah. What is it going to take to make a video, you know, trying to get kids to stay healthy and exercise? And that has exercise. What is it going to take to make something like that go viral? Go viral. You know, this is something positive. This is something, and it's not as if I'm, you know, charging for somebody. It's just on, I uploaded it on YouTube. I'm going to put it up on my website also for free. You know, I mean, this is a battle. I'm, I'm, 
I'm in, you know, trying to get kids healthy and, and exercising. And so, so yeah, I mean, I think that's been one of the biggest problems that content creators have ever had is like, why are these stupid things going viral yes. and something that I'm passionate about and something that will give meaning back to somebody or give value back to somebody. Why isn't this going viral? That's yeah. the number one thing that I've always noticed about it. <laughs> and it's true. You're absolutely right. And, and it's something I don't get. I think people just like controversy. They yeah, like to be pulled true. in. And I mean, everything on Facebook, if it's not catching your attention, then it's probably not interesting. But if it's controversial, yeah, it's getting attention. And, yeah. I, and Facebook algorithms, YouTube algorithms, they all feed on that. Yes. So, yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm from the digital marketing world and I get it. But I, at the same time, I wish content creators like you and myself get a little bit more respect and, and try to get these things going because, I mean, it does change lives. It really and especially does. here in the Valley, you know, I mean, the Valley, especially McAllen, gets such a bad rap. You know, you think of McAllen, you think of a lot of negative things, even like that movie Sicario 2. Yeah. It was supposedly here, supposedly. based here in McAllen. I'm sorry, but nothing of, I got turned off halfway through the movie because I'm like, this is not the city where I live in. Yeah. But they're making it look like some, I don't know, some crazy border town. And that's not the case. Yeah, that's not the and case. And there are a lot of wonderful things here in the RGV. But, you know, a lot of people think of the valley and it has this negative connotation and that's not right. There's a lot of awesome things going on down here and it's a great place to live. And, you know, let's all support each other and make the valley um, appeal to everywhere else, everywhere else in the nation because it's an awesome place. Yeah, I think the people that are saying that have never visited the Rio Grande Valley. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's, they're, they're talking about it and they, they've never visited. Like, I don't understand that. Like, how can you talk about a city that you've never been to? You've never met the people exactly. there. I mean, some of the people here in the Rio Grande Valley are some of the nicest people Absolutely. in the world. Absolutely. Very, it, and it's very interesting because there's something that will always come up like this chainsaw guy. Yes. And it'll start yes. dividing people. But, I mean, think about everything else that's going on in different cities or in the world. I mean, the Rio Grande Valley is just like a little whisper in the, in the side. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we don't, we, I think TMZ picked up the, the guy for the chainsaw guy. Yeah. It was a very <laughs> weird thing. And I was reading the comments and ah, I got pulled into it, man. It's a controversy. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's a controversy. It pulled me in and I was reading all the comments. I was like, you know what? Forget this. Yeah. And it's very interesting because I noticed on TikTok, uh, mm -hmm. I don't know if you're, are you on TikTok? I'm not, but I do. Watch a lot of okay. those videos. So the interesting thing that I saw the other day, and I, I tell people, I, I give hacks on how to grow your your social media, mm -hmm. and uh, I, I give warnings to parents of about their kids watching TikTok. But one of the things I noticed the other day was I was scrolling through TikTok, and I was seeing riots, just mm -hmm. riot stuff. People were just recording riot stuff, and I was like, my daughter's on here. She's looking at this stuff. Yeah. So I, I give a tutorial on how to uh, how to put restrictions, which I'll put up here. This is the cool thing about YouTube, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> It, and it gave restrictions on how to put it on there, right? And you can uh, limit the stuff that they see. If it's a uh, controversial or whatever, it'll kind of filter it so the kids aren't seeing it. Yeah. And it, I just, I figured, like, my kids are seeing this. There's mm -hmm. a ton of kids that are seeing this. Yeah. I. What do you think? Are they going to get desensitized to seeing riots? Uh, is this something that they're going to grow up and they think it's normal? I think so. I think if, if we're not careful, they are going to grow up and think this is normal. This is they're going to think this is a way if we want change, this is a way to do it. Yeah. And and I mean, I'm all for change. And I think there definitely needs to be change. But I think also there is the right way to do it and the wrong way to do it. You know, I mean, if what we're doing, if it's going to bring about change and then, hey, amen, let's let's do that. But if it's not, if it's just dividing our country and yeah. 
and how we are, then then maybe we need to rethink it and, and do it differently. But yeah, I think these kids are going to look at that. They're going to say, well, this is what has to be done, you know, and you know, it's not right. Yeah, it's, it's not right. I, there's, there's a right way to do things and there's a wrong way to do things. And I just feel like, like, man, like, I'm not educated enough to talk about it. So, yeah, no. so if, if you if don't listen to me, because these are my opinions. Right? Or me. Or me. <laughs> but I think this, this is a great thing about podcasting because it opens up a conversation for regular people to yeah. have a conversation yeah. about anything. And that's a great thing about these platforms is it's given us a platform to talk. Yes. And it's never been like that before in the history of man. We can never reach as many people as we could reach today from around the world. And Mm -hmm. that's one of the things I love about technology. And it's only growing faster and faster and faster and faster. And that's the cool thing because anybody can do this stuff. Anybody can write a book. And I think that's one of the things I wanted to allude to is a lot of people want to become authors. A lot Mm -hmm. of people want to do these things that you're doing. How do they do it? They just start. <laughs> no, and, and, and let's and, get, give us some actionable <laughs> steps because it's one of the things in the podcast. I always try to add value to it. Yeah. So either from it's a, a podcast telling a podcaster telling people how to do podcasting. Yeah. How do you get into starting to write books? What's the first process? What's what's the first few months look like, and then the end product? Well, I mean, really, is you just have to you know put the pen to to the paper, or I guess nowadays put your fingers to the to the keyboard. Yeah. Um, you know, I've seen in schools that I've visited where some of the kids have already written their book, their own book. And, and I tell the kids, if, if you look at, if you look at my book, for example, it's, you know, the adventures of Exo and Sai by David Norick, but on the bottom, it says illustrated by Edgardo Gonzalez. It's somebody different. And so, you know, maybe that's something that's a deterrent for people. You know, they're like, well, I can't draw that way. I wasn't able to draw this, yeah. but I found somebody who could, who's talented enough to do that. And so, you know, if you have an idea, whatever idea you have, you know, just start writing them down, you know, start. And as you get more and more ideas, keep writing them down until you you feel comfortable that you have something that you can start putting together, whether in my case, a children's book um, or it could be a short story or it could be a novel, um, whatever it is. And I think honestly, what I've discovered is if there's some kind of personal value to what you're going to write, it's going to come out more genuine, more authentic, and it's just going to, it's just going to come out better. Versus being, I just want to be a writer. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, unless you're into some kind of genre and you really, you know, love, let's say like horror or drama or whatever. Hey, we'll, we'll, we'll just write it, you know? And then the cool thing is now, nowadays, anybody can get the book published. You know, I, I'm, I'm self-publishing. I didn't go through a traditional publisher. Okay. And so, you know, even if you just make 100 copies of something you wrote and you you get them printed, hey, you know what? You're a published author. author. And you sell it to your friends, your family. Hey, you know what? That's, success, that's successful. How many people can say they've actually had a book published? Yeah. And so, like, for my case, it took me about half a year, about six months to write this book. Uh, one of the things that um, I guess any writer will tell you is the editing and revising process. Okay. A lot of times you think, well, I'm writing it. I'm done. That's it. No, there were a lot of times where I would read something and I would just put it to bed. I wouldn't touch it for a couple of days, for a week. And then I'd come back to it and then I'd read it. And I'm like, why did I write that? Or I would start finding mistakes and, you know, I mean, and that's the thing. I mean, I've, I've read novels where there's still grammar mistakes in the novels. And it just goes to show that um, 
it, that's why they call it a writing process because it is a process. Yeah. And so it took me about six months to just write down the words. And I, I kind of had the idea of what I wanted per scene in the book. Mm-hmm. And so when I found my illustrator, I would meet with him kind of like you and I are meeting. Yeah. And I would tell him, hey, you know, this is what kind of what I want. And he would start his expertise. He would start sketching it and show it to me. And I'm like, hey, that's awesome. Or no, it's, you know, let's go a different direction. It took him about a year and a half. Wow. So put together, this was about a two year process from start to finish. And I'm not saying all books are going to take two years. Right. It could take you, you know, a short time or a long time. It just, it just depends how much time you have. What do you want to write about? And how passionate are, are you about what you're writing? Yeah, I think one of the things is people don't have patience. So yeah. for somebody to actually take two years to do this and dive into it and say, this is what I want to do, they won't do it. Yeah. <laughs> and I know this to be true because this is, this is a lot of things. This is the world I'm from, this digital marketing and building a personal brand, building a podcast. I don't get paid for the podcast, yeah. but I know one day I will. Mm-hmm. So I'm investing in myself. I'm investing in my brand to be able to one day down the line yeah. monetize it. And this is just one of seven books, right? One of seven books. So what do you have coming up with the next ones? The next one will be called The Adventures of Arrow and Bix. A little girl named Arrow and her cat Bix. So put the words together, The Adventures of Aerobics. And it's also going to take place in the city of OB City. And Exo and Sai and Arrow and Bix, they're going to finally meet in book seven. Okay. Where they'll finally defeat uh, Mayor Diane Beatty's. And all of her henchmen and the city will become healthy again. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I love cool. that, dude. <laughs> and, and, and with going with that, I plan on releasing every book um, in November. Okay. To be more specific, November 17th. November 17th would have been my sister or is my sister's birthday, uh, my sister who passed away. And on top of that, November is uh, National Diabetes Awareness Month. Gotcha. So it go, they go hand in hand. So how can people get this book right now? Um, right now, they can go on my website, uh, David Norick. Dot com. Okay. Uh, they can email me at exoandsci at gmail.com. Um, and uh, yeah, they can just get a book directly from me right now. I'm working on other platforms. I'm working on getting in uh, Barnes & Noble as well. Nice. And so, yeah. So we, you actually brought an extra copy so we I can did. give one away. So uh, I guess what we could do is if you comment and share this video, you're going to be put into a little raffle. Uh, we're we're going to give this away. But uh, you have to make sure to subscribe to my channel and uh, we're going to pick a winner and awesome. we'll see what happens with it. But this is very cool, man. I, I like this because it's something positive. It's yeah. something that you don't see too much of anymore. And with social media, everybody's just sharing the negative stuff. And I keep alluding to that because that's all I see. Yeah. And, and I, I really can't stand it because I'm a positive person. It took me maybe five or six years of just sitting on the couch thinking about what I want to do with my mm-hmm. life. And then I actually did it. Yeah. So I was pounding my head with just motivational content all mm. the time for those five years. And finally, one day I decided, you know what? I got to do something. And that's what I did. I started just creating what I did. And then I became successful. And I think that's one of the things that people won't do is invest the time in things yeah. that they're passionate about. And you know, something really important that you said, you started putting positive yeah. things in your mind. And a lot of times when you're starting a business or anything, you know, you're going to have voices from people or in your head that are going to be negative and say, Hey, you know what? This isn't going to work. You know, what are you doing? And you can't do that. You have to keep, you have to surround yourself with positive people, people that, you know, not only care for you, but are going to be honest with you. And you got to put positive things in in your mind. And you know what it like, like you, it took several years for me. It's taken a couple of years, but you, but 
these are the people that are at the end that are going to be standing at the end being successful because they didn't give up. Yeah, they didn't give up. I think that's the important part is they just kept going yes. and doing it consistently, showing up time after yes. time. And that's one of my biggest things. Like I tell people, show up, show yes. up, show up time after time after time. It doesn't matter if you annoy people, just keep showing up. Yeah. And one day you're going to become successful. Because if you don't show up, somebody else is going to show up. Exactly. Yeah, I completely agree with you on that. Well, David, I appreciate your time, man. Uh, let everybody know where they can get the book one more time before we finish off the yeah, podcast. Yeah, um, they can visit uh, my website, davidnorick.com. Also, they can get a hold of me at xonsci uh, at, at gmail.com. And I will be more than happy to deliver. Awesome. Cool. We're going to put that in the links and uh, in, in the links in the description below. But make sure you subscribe to my channel if you like what you heard, if you like what's coming up in the future. Subscribe to the channel. We'll see you guys later. Thanks. It's the Joshua Moon on this podcast.